Okay. Exciting topic tonight. <laughs> it's not going to sound like a, a joyous one, but it really is. Um, we'll talk about death. And uh, about the, uh, the, the, old, the old song, I'll Fly Away. Y'all know where that comes from? I mean, what, what scripture that comes from? Psalm 90. Uh, and that's talking about death. Psalm 90. Verse 10, Psalm 90, verse 10. The years of our life are 70, or if by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. <clears throat> they are soon gone, and we fly away. And so um, the, the song was born out of that passage. On some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. So, so it's a song about death. And, of course, um, maybe this is appropriate, you know, the day after tax day because they, they always say two things are certain, right? Death and taxes. <laughs> so so we're, uh, we're fo- and we're, what we're focusing in on, uh, of course, is physical death. Uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you think in terms of um, ultimate death, of course, you're talking about separation from God. So, ultimate death would be um, what's described in the book of Revelations as the, as, uh, the second death, um, and that's, that is to be um, separated from God forever. But what we're talking about here is, uh, is physical death. In fact, I kind of want to focus in on two things, physical death and the intermediate state. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But first of all, physical death, and as we just saw... Um, in Psalm 90, uh, you might live to be 70 or 80, but eventually um, we all die. So, so that's kind of the first thing I want to note here. Everybody dies. So in one sense, you could say um, that death is a, is a fact of, uh, of life for us. Um, Hebrews says it this way, and this is, of course, often quoted verse, Hebrews 9.27. Just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So he just kind of says that in passing in the middle of a thought. But, um, but that, those two phrases actually, um, are, uh, are true, profound truths. It's, it is appointed for man to die once. In other words, we, we can't avoid it. It's, it's appointed, and after that comes judgment. Well, are there any, any exceptions to this? Yeah, the, the, the widows, um, the, the widows. Uh, well, that's going back to some that did wind up dying, but yeah, Elijah and Enoch never saw. That's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, far, as far as we know, I mean, they never uh, experienced physical death. Uh, well, yeah, there are exceptions to this rule, it seems like, anyway. Um, as far as we know, they haven't died yet, uh, haven't experienced physical death. Um, but I, I don't know about the, being the two witnesses. Um, you know, that's actually, that, that passage in Revelation is, is actually, si- a, 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 uh, see, how can I say this? It's talking about a passage in Zechariah, and uh, I, I don't know um, 
Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. A lot of people do speculate that it's going to be Elijah and, and Moses, actually, is what you hear a lot of times, or, or, or maybe Enoch, because neither one of the, the, them died. It may not be people at all, you know. May, that may just be a way of uh, representing something. But yeah, yeah, I guess we'll find out later on. But yeah, Enoch and, and Elijah, uh, those are exceptions. Like Bob said, anybody that, any, any believer that's alive when Christ returns uh, will not experience physical death because you, you are changed in an instant um, from... From this body to the glorified state. So, man, how, how awesome is that? I mean, just just uh, skip the physical death part. <laughs> so, some, some, you know, will experience that. Death, here's a little bit the way I think we ought to think about it. Death is not normal. I know to the, to the world, of course, um, people say all the time, well, you know, Death is just part of life. Well, really, it's not. Um, the, re- the reason we have death is, is why? Sin. Right. It's the result of sin. So it's, it's an abnormality. Um, you know, Adam and Eve were created and, and uh, given access to the tree of life so that they could live. And that's interesting in itself. I mean, you can get in a lot of... Speculation there too, I guess. What, what if what if they hadn't? What if they didn't need the tree of life? Would they have died? Well, they had access to it, and, and the idea was that they would uh, eat and just keep on living. But because of sin, death entered in. God told them, "You can eat of any tree in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree of the of knowledge of good and evil, um, they were forbidden to, to uh, eat." And uh, of course, that's that's where they went and, and ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, that God had said, on the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Now, did they die immediately on the day that they... Yeah, yes and no, right? Yes and no. Because, yeah, something, which to me is rather hard to describe, but something, there, there, there was a... Uh, Something took place instantaneous, which, yes, we would think of in terms of spiritual death. And then, of course, when they were put out of the garden, then the separation from God is really manifest, uh, which, as I was saying earlier, really that's, that's what death ultimately is, separation from God. So they were removed from God's presence in the garden. And then, because of their sin, although uh, they didn't die physically that day, um, they did eventually experience physical death because of sin. So look at uh, with me at Romans 5 for a moment. And I think this passage um, states that clearly, that, that death is a result of sin. And by the way, without... You know, I'm not trying to chase a rabbit here, but um, i just throw this out. But this this is one reason that... The old earth view is problematic. In other, in other words, when, when people say, like, like uh, uh, secular scientists do, many secular scientists do, and not only secular, some, some Christians accept this, this idea too, but, but when people say that the earth is you know, thousands or, or I mean, uh, millions, billions of years old, 
and um, they teach that as any any one of these nature shows does. If you let your kids or grandkids or whoever watch those kinds of things, um, if they teach as any one of those things does, that that there was all these millennia of um, different species living and dying. Um, that's that's problematic because that would mean if if in other words if there were uh, especially people, if there were people before Adam and Eve living and dying, and as I said, some Christians actually teach this, if there were people before Adam and Eve living and dying, then there was death before sin, Adam, before Adam and Eve sin. So that's, that's, uh, that's one of the problems with the old earth view um, when, you, when you consider it in light of Scripture, what we have in the Scripture. All right, so Romans 5. Verse 12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so, now, of course, Paul's making a point here that we're all, we're all um, sinners and we're all um, condemned to death because of our sin because we're all descendants of Adam. And then he's going to go on to talk about the gospel and how um, the second Adam, the last Adam, Christ, uh, brings life to all those who believe. But again, in, in, as part of this teaching, he points out here that sin came into the world through one man, and of course is Adam, and death through sin. So you could say, paraphrase this way, um, just as death came into the world through sin. So, so sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so, death spread to all men because all sinned. Alright, so, death is, is um, the result of, of sin. Also, in 1 Corinthians 15.22, Paul says, For as in, again, he's making contrast here between Adam and Christ, and he says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So, yes, ma'am. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, you know, and that's that's interesting to think about too, because uh, again, you, if you speculate, I guess you know, you think, well, what if what if he didn't take our sin and go to the cross? Would he have just, as a human being, would he have just kept right on? <laughs> well, he didn't. He, he never sinned, so I can't see. But he but he bore the full penalty, which which includes death. But I, I you know. I do think, you know, it's tough. It's always tough speculating. So, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to go too much into, into that. But I'll, I'll say this, you know, we, we, we know for a fact that he died, right? Because he went to the cross. He died, had to die because, um, again, because our sin demanded death. So he, so he had to die in order to provide propitiation. But... As, as Bob was just pointing out, which I think is, is good, um, a, a good point, I mean, I've had this discussion with people before about sickness. Some people speculate that Jesus got sick, you know. Um, and I, I, why, why, would he, why would he suffer the effects of sin when he himself was never a sinner? So, on both sides of that argument, by the way, you have to get into speculation. So, <laughs> but... It never says that he ever got sick, and I don't see. Yeah, and he did get tired, but I don't. But I don't think. Um, you know, you, 
and and again, you know, we're trying. We're, we're it, there's speculation involved, but some things are inherent to human nature, like you know, we got to eat, we do get tired, um, and so forth. Uh, it's it seems to me that sickness is not inherent to human nature because there's, we don't have any record of Adam and Eve getting sick before the fall. In fact, it would. I, I don't just say that as an argument from silence, but I mean, it, it seems to me that all the teaching is that sickness and disease and death is the result of sin. So sickness and disease and death are not inherent to human nature. Whereas, you know, other things like, uh, it, it, it would seem to me, you know, just the, 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 the need to eat or getting tired if you walk 20 miles or whatever, you know, would, would seem to me in, to be inherent to human nature. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Even, even physically, emotionally, I mean, mentally. I mean, he even grew in wisdom. And, you know, as a child, he, he grew in understanding. And, and so, yeah. And those things, I would say, are, are, uh, I do understand to be essential uh, are inherent to human nature. So that's part of him being a human being. But... Uh, he 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 took the wrath of God on himself. Yeah, so he at least experienced the displeasure of God, the Father, for for the first time in all eternity. Yeah, if we had, you know, of course, it's beyond our minds. But if we if we had any inkling of the the unity in the Godhead and the joy and the pleasure and and uh, the love. Uh, then, then uh, you know, I mean, if you, if you kind of meditate on those things and, and then you see on the cross Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why? The, the agony, uh, you know, for the first time in all of eternity, experiencing the displeasure of the Father. Uh, you know, Jesus, who said, I always do those things that please the Father, is for the first time experiencing disfavor or displeasure. So, And I say it that way because, the, because of the opposite. You know, all he knew was the pleasure of God. So it's actually a strong term because when you think about being in, when you think about God being displeased with you, displeased with you, that's, uh, you know, I mean the magnitude of that is is uh, infinite, I guess. But uh, All right, so death is, uh, is an abnormality. It's because of sin. Um, it's the result of sin. And it's evidence of sin. I mean, the fact that we die is uh, evidence that we are sinners. All right. Um, almost, uh, I alluded to this earlier, but <clears throat> this just came to mind while I was looking at this. But some, some have actually died twice, right? <laughs> it's interesting, too. You think about um, the widow from Sarepta. Um, Elijah raised her son, uh, not her, but her son. Uh, was raised again and, and then later to die. And then you think about uh, the different ones that Jesus raised, like the, uh, the widow from Nain's son, Lazarus, that's right, uh, the, the Jairus' daughter, raised, phys, you know, physical death, they experienced physical death, ra- raised from the dead, but to die again. So I think, and I, I think, Paula, you mentioned this the other night, we, we were talking about this the other night, but like in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. When, where Jesus is called the first fruits from the dead, um, the first fruits of the resurrection, 
I think that's the idea there is that he's the first fruits in the sense that um, those who, those who are raised to die no more. Um, so so he would he would be the first first fruits of that crop, if you will. Those yeah those who are raised to die no more. So that's what we you know have to look forward to at the resurrection, being raised to die no more. You know the 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 story there of of um, Lazarus and the rich man. It's hard to tell if it's a, a uh, and I'm, I'm coming back to this purposely because of the talking about the intermediate state here, but it's it's hard to tell if it's a parable or if it actually happened. But either way, um, I don't know why Jesus would describe things the way he did if if that's not the way it is. You know, you, you know what I'm saying. So, so I so even if he was t- telling a parable there, um, I, I think we can learn things from it about um, what it's like for, for, for a believer who's died. So that's one thing right there. You know, you got the image of, of being carried away um, by the angels. The, the other, uh, of course, a major thing that a lot of times people think about and ask about is, is um, our, our, our consciousness, uh, the ability to recognize, and, and those things are there. Uh, even the... Even the rich man who was being tormented recognized not only Lazarus, whom he knew when they were both alive, but he recognized Abraham. Um, so, you know, in the intermediate state, that is the, the state between physical death and the resurrection, the final resurrection, um, the Bible seems to teach clearly, not only there, but I'm just saying there's evidence there in that passage, but the Bible seems to teach clearly that we will be conscious conscious. In other words, believers now that have gone on um, are in a conscious state, disembodied, and that's, and that's one thing that makes it a little difficult for us, you know, when, <laughs> when we try to think about it and, and, uh, and put it all together in our minds. But so, so you've got spirits or souls um, without bodies in the presence of the Lord. All right, so, um, in fact, let's look at Philippians 1. Just thinking about the, the inter, intermediate state here. Because uh, as I think Pam just said a minute ago, these, this is, these things are very comforting. Okay. Um, Philippians 1. Let me start in about 18 here. 18, 19, 19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit, of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. And that's, uh, incidentally, another um, thing to think about, that we do uh, death for, for the believers is, is another way of... Um, honoring Christ. So Paul says here, um, I mean, Paul has confidence that Christ will be honored in him, whether in life or death, whether he lives or dies. Whether by life or by death, verse 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So 
Paul says, you know, if I remain here, I live this life, for me to live is Christ. In other words, it's just, that's what I'm about. Um, Christ lives in me and through me. My life is spent for the glory of Christ. That's essentially what he's saying. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. If I am to live, verse 22, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. And, of course, he's talking about between life and death. Verse 23, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ. Now, now notice uh, how he thinks about death here. He's, he's, he's saying, there's a, essentially, there's a lot of work to do, and I can benefit you, you Philippians, I can benefit you if I continue to live. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed here between the two, between life and death, because death is gain. But if I live, uh, living is Christ, which means you benefit. But then he says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ. So Paul thinks of death as being with Christ. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't make any mention here of any kind of soul sleep like, uh, you know, some people teach that, you just sleep until the day of resurrection. Um, you know, in other words, you're, you're, you're not conscious until the, until the resurrection day. And then you're raised to consciousness again. But Paul says, um, for, me to, for me to leave, for me to depart, is, is to be with Christ. For that is far better. So the reason he, he, he um, in weighing out the two, life and death, the reason he would rather die is because that means being with Christ. Verse 24, But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you, uh, with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So, um, to live is Christ, to die is gain, and to die, he says, or to depart this life is to be with Christ, to be with Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, 8, he says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So similarly to what he's, uh, similar to what he's saying here in Philippians, um, dying is gain, and for me to depart is to be with Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.8, he says, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I think this is a difference, too. And this is, I was thinking about this when, you were, when we are talking about the little boy that, that the book's written about. Um, it's, it seems to me that Jesus makes a difference. And, and like, you think about the case of Lazarus. And Jesus says very plainly, This sickness is not unto death. Well, Lazarus did die. So what in the world did Jesus mean, this sickness is not unto death? And I, it, I think, you know, that what he meant was um, it's not final. In other words, yes, he, he, yes, he's died, which he goes on to tell the disciples because they thought he was sick. And Jesus finally tells them he's dead. <laughs> tells them plain out. So he knows he's dead. When he says this sickness is not unto death, he knows Lazarus is going to die. So I think what he means there is that this is not final. In, in terms of this is not 
the death, and I'm, of course, paraphrasing, just tell you what I'm, what I'm, what I'm thinking, it, how I'm understanding it. But I think what he's saying is, this for Lazarus is not the death in which he will depart and, and go to paradise. But it seems to me that that, that would kind of... Um, that just again, that just makes it seems problematic for these stories of going and coming back. In other words, Lazarus didn't do that, and Jesus said this this sickness is not unto death. So, yeah, I'm I'm just always skeptical of those of those. Um, it's almost like yeah, yeah, he was basically. I mean, he was dead. He was physically dead, but in terms of his spirit, soul, yeah, it it seems like there was no consciousness. Um, because it wasn't over, you know. All right, so this much we can be sure of, right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. <laughs> and, and that is comforting. Uh, all right, so, uh, you know, what, what, the, what the Bible seems to present um, is, a, is a conscious state. Um, and, and again, you, you see that reflected in the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And I think... Um, even if that is a parable, um, it, it, it would be, be hard for me to understand why Jesus would describe it that way if that's not the way it is. So, but I'm not even convinced that's a parable because he, he uses a, a name there, Lazarus, um, which he doesn't typically do that in parables. He'll just say something like, you know, there was a certain man or something like that. But in that particular one, he, he gives a name. So that that one seems to me to be just a, a, an account of a, of a real man named Lazarus and, and a and a rich guy that uh, was being tormented in Hades. Okay, so physical death, everybody dies. Uh, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. Um, and yet, uh, we 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 I, I, Christians. We've got kind of a dual way of thinking about it because, in one sense, the Bible clearly says death is the enemy. In fact, it, Paul says in Second in First Corinthians 15 that it's the last enemy that will be put under the Lord's feet. So, um, it's the result of sin, and it, and it is our enemy in one sense. In another sense, um, it's a it's a transition for us. And so, even though death is the enemy. It is also the means by which we we are enter into the glorified state, or the perfect state, eventually glorified. But even even our souls, our the the moment we die physically, um, that would be the end of our sanctification process, and and you know, we're no more sin. What's what's left after that to be? Uh, Glorified is our bodies, which remain in the grave until, until the resurrection day. Hmm. No, no, he's talking about death, but it, it but he's just, it's just a euphemism. I mean, he he uses it, um, just just to say it in a nice way. I mean, it's it's no, he's talking about death. He's not talking about the body. I mean, the body goes in the grave and decays, and the soul goes goes to be with the Lord. But yeah, it is that is a common euphemism in the scripture. Um, in referring to believers that have died as having fallen asleep. 
Yeah, but that's just a euphemism. Like I say, here, here, like when you look at Philippians one, where Paul is um, is 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 actually describing, you know, what 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 it would mean to to die. He says, "I'll be present with the Lord. I'll be with I'll be with Christ." Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for these truths. Um, we thank you for the hope that you have given us um, in, the, not in the atoning work of Christ and in making these things known to us by giving us your word. Lord, um, help us as we go through this life, um, through good times and through bad times, to cling to your cling to you and to, to cling to your promises that you have given us, Lord, so that we may face whatever we face, even physical death, with the assurance of, of uh, coming into your presence forever. Again, we thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.